Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. It's great to have you on the Build Your Success Podcast today. On this episode of Build Your Success, we will be discussing character and how your character will impact your success. It is great to have as our guest today, Mac Story. Mac is the author of the extremely popular Blue Collar Leadership Series. Mac and his wife, Rhea, co-founded Top Story Leadership in 2008. Together, they have published 23 books on leadership development and personal growth. I have personally been mentored by Mac, and in fact, if you're enjoying these podcasts, you can thank Mac for encouraging me and giving me the know-how to record a podcast. If you don't like them, well, then that's my fault, and please let me know how I can improve. When it comes to motivation, Mac is like a Mack truck. He has a lot of horsepower. You don't feel led to give him excuses. You feel led to give him results. Welcome, Mac. Hey, man. Great to be on the podcast with you today, Brad. Oh, thank you, Mac. It's great to have you again. You have been a mentor to me, and I'm just excited. I know we're going to have a great discussion. So, You know, I know from reading your books and talking with you for hours, you have a passion for leadership. And character is a pillar of your training. How important is character to becoming a leader? Absolutely, Brian. That's, that's a great question. And, you know, a lot of people, we, whenever we're speaking, because like you said, I'm always talking about character. And one thing I have to do is help people understand what that really means. But to answer your question, before I just describe it a little bit, when, whenever I'm talking about leadership, I'm always telling everybody character development equals leadership development. Leadership development equals character development. I'm talking about high-impact leadership. I'm talking about, some people call it servant leadership. I call it high-impact leadership, but they're synonyms. I talk about servant leadership as well. But servant leadership, you kind of have to explain it a little bit. But when you talk about high-impact leader versus low-impact leader, everybody kind of automatically understands what you're talking about. So that's why I use that. But I always tell people, because a lot of times when I start talking about character from the stage, and I know a lot of people, they don't study character. And I can see it on their faces. They they kind of, you see a little bit of defensiveness kind of start to show on their face. And, and I make sure I always, you know, pause and say, let me tell you what I mean about character. Because if you haven't studied character, most people think character means you're a good person or bad person. So when they hear you need to work on your character, they think that I some way mean they're a bad person. So I have to tell them character is how we do what we do and character is why we do what we do it's it's everything it's everything that we are that's what character is good or bad somewhere in the middle doesn't matter and i always say my my favorite quote on character or definition of character is from dr henry cloud and uh, dr cloud says character is the ability to meet the demands of reality what that means is to me if we can't meet the demands of reality Whatever that is, we have a character issue. We can't get where we want to go in life. We have a character issue. If we're not making as much money as we need to make in life, we have a character issue. If we're having trouble at home, personally with our family or our children, we have a character issue. If, if we're mad because somebody won't turn right on red at a red light and they got the turn signal on and we're going crazy back there, <laughs> we got a character issue. And, and Dr. Dr. Cloud also says 
the definition of integrity is the courage to meet the demands of reality. So character is the ability to meet the demands of reality. And integrity is the courage to meet the demands of reality, in, in his words. Well, I'm always learning something from you, so I just learned something there from Dr. Cloud. That's awesome. You know, uh, you hear people say he's a real character, and that's not the kind of character we're talking about, as you alluded to. It, it's not really how you are. It's what you are. So, so let me ask you this, Mac. Do you believe we can change our character? Absolutely. And and I, what I what I know is no one else could change our character. A lot of people would like to change our character, or a lot of times we would like to change someone else's character, and it's just not possible. And when you're talking about leadership, a lot of times I have top level leaders, owner, business owners, they'll call me and and uh, they'll say, you know, I need some help. I want to transform my culture. And I say, first thing I do is ask them a question. I say, what's that mean to you? And they'll tell me, and I say, well, well. Let me explain what it means to me, because if, if you don't uh, agree and align with what it means to me, we don't need to waste. I don't need to waste your time and you don't need to waste any of your money with me, because right. there's only one way I'm going to do it. And I always tell people disbelief in the truth does not change the truth. And, and I, when it comes to character, I know what the truth is. But the, the ultimate what I tell people about culture is the, the culture of an organization or a team regardless of what size you're talking about, if it's a six-person team or 6,000-person organization. The, the, when people say culture, what they're trying to describe is the collective character of all the people who make up that culture. Because that's what culture is. It's the collective character of those people, that group of people. And then, so when the leader's talking to me about transforming the culture, what I'm talking about and going to tell him is, I'll ask him, because it's a character issue, it's his character that created the culture. But what he, the root cause of his character, or your character, or my character, anybody's character, the root cause of that character is our values. So when someone's saying they want to cha- transform an organization or a team, and they're saying, you know, and I'm describing what you have to do is, you can't get everyone to change their character. That You can't make them. You can only influence them to choose to change it. And I start with the leader because I tell them, if you're not willing to change your character, Mr. Leader, your values, the culture is not going to change. You might bring someone like me in and I bring in some influence and people are attracted to me and they follow me. And they may become motivated and inspired to change their values, which will change their character. But if their character outgrows the leader because I'm in the room. Those are people probably going to end up leaving the leader. That's not the not the mission. The mission isn't to grow people so they'll everybody will just leave the leader. So I have to tell the leader up front, you've got to change your values. And a lot of times, just bringing someone like me or you in to support their team if they've never done it, that's changing their values. They never valued that in the past, and now they do. But it's it's an it's an endless journey to transform character. And if we want to transform our own. That's why we have to read, grow, learn, and develop and and understand what principles are because principles apply in every situation, but practices only apply in some situations. So we, we have to figure out who do we want to become because when we're talking about developing character, it's not about doing something different. Too many people think that's what it's about. It's about doing something different. Developing your character is about being something different. You got to go deep inside of who you are to 
if you want to change your circumstances, your life, your results, all that kind of stuff. It's all about changing our values. And we absolutely can do it. I've done it. I mean, I've had like major transformations. And, you know, I write about that in a lot of my books. Not not really in the Blue Collar Series book, but I got a book called Ten Foundation of Foundations of Intentional Transformation. And that's where I really talk about how you actually do transform your character. But it's full of principles and it applies to all areas of life. But it's really about transforming our character through changing our values. Man, Mac, I love that definition of culture, where where it's that collective character of the organization. And, you know, we always talk about having influence. So if we're going to change that culture, we've got to have the influence to change that collective character. Absolutely. Yeah, and then being something different, how, how profound is that? You know, we can't just change what we're doing. We have to change who we are. And so... You know, I've I, I read your book, and I've talked to, to you about that in depth. Uh, so in that Blue Collar Leadership book, you dedicate two whole chapters to character. In there, you say what you are on the inside is what others see on the outside. Can you expound on that for our listeners? Yeah. You know, a lot of people think, you know, character. And this is a quote from Andy Stanley. I don't remember sending that book or not. I don't remember where I write all this stuff, where I get it from, but. This is what I like that Andy says about that. And he says, character's personal, but it's not private. And that, that's a pretty profound statement. That's what I mean. I'm saying it in a different way. I'm kind of simplifying it. Who we are on the inside is what others experience and feel on the outside because we can pretend to, to be somebody that we're not, but, but who we are is who everyone else experiences. The only person we're usually fooling is ourselves. And, I, and I'll, give you a, I'll give you an example, kind of talking about that a little bit. I always tell people, and, and I have to explain it. I say it this way on purpose to make people think a minute, and then I'll kind of let them marinate on it, and then, then I try to explain it. But I always tell people, relative to character, who we are sometimes is who we are all the time. And what I'm saying there is our, our worst behavior whatever that means for each individual. We may only do it like once a week. We may not do it every day. We may only do it once a week with one person. Nobody else ever sees that. But whatever our worst behavior is, that's that's who we are. When we're being better or pretending, that's when we're being, we're kind of being artificial. And, and I'll give you an example. My son, not too long ago, I was taking him to the airport for him to head back out to California. Uh, we moved out there with his with his girlfriend uh, quite a, a couple years back. And he, and he he was, I was taking him to the airport and he'd been out kind of partying the night before with his friends. He was flying back home, hang out with his friends for a ball game or something. And he'd been partying and he's kind of a little bit hung over and he knows I don't do all that stuff anymore. That's part of my transformation. I haven't drank alcohol since 2012 and I don't really like to be around people drinking alcohol because I like to talk to people who who have a 100% clear mind. I don't mind if anybody else does it, but I don't want to be around it. So Eric was feeling a little guilty that morning, and he was apologizing. He said, I started to call somebody else to get me dad. I'm like, no, oh, man, it's fine. And he told me, he said, I slipped. You know, I slipped last night. I, I went a little overboard. I said, oh, no, man, you didn't slip. He said, what do you mean, Dad? I said, you didn't slip. I said, whenever you're not doing that, you're actually right. You're, you're stepping up. I said, but if you were really not that person, you couldn't slip. You can't slip back to where, you, where somebody you're not. Like me, I don't slip back to drinking alcohol because I'm not that person anymore. You know, and, and again, I'm not judging people. That's just a, 
that's just a good example from my life. But who we are sometimes is who we are all the time. But, you know, what, you've probably heard that phrase, you know, what do you get when you squeeze a lemon? You, you get lemon juice. You don't get orange juice. And so whoever we are on the inside, especially at work, but even even at home, whenever things get stressful or 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 there's some some tension, that sort of stuff, and then people get to experience who we are on the inside. I mean, that's when the test. Andy Stanley also says there's there's, there's you, you know I don't remember the exact words, but what he's talking about is character. And he he always says the, the character test is, is always a pop quiz. You don't know when you're gonna get tested for it, and whoever you are, that, that's that's the way you're gonna be. Yeah, that's uh, you, you talked about that worst, and in my mind went to outburst. You know, those those times where you said if you only do it once a week, and I just thought about having an outburst, and and that's what people are gonna remember. They're not gonna remember your your monotone day to day things, but they're gonna remember that outburst you have, and that that's gonna be a judge of your character. Wow, that that's good stuff. You know, I know also in your books, sometimes you talk about being transparent with the workers. So the leader needs to be transparent with the workers and, and let them know their weaknesses. And, and I, something profound that I read in your book is they already know. It's, it's not a secret <laughs> that your weaknesses, it's not like you're being that transparent. They already know. They can see it. It, it comes out. So expound on that for us because I think that's a great thought from your book. Yeah, that, that's really true. I love talking about that from the stage as well because, a lot, and I, I don't remember if I shared that story in that book, but I'll share it here and then I'll talk about it a little bit. But, uh, I, I was with Rhea and I went to Guatemala with John Maxwell and about 150 other coaches and trainers in 2013. And one of the sessions I had, I was in a room with like 50 business executives. We all trained over 20,000 leaders that week. And the whole thing was, was about transformation begins with me it was about personal transformation they want to transform the entire nation and where do you start with me you want to transform an entire culture of an organization where do you start you got to get everybody to start with me so we were we was in there and i say we i had, a, had an interpreter with me and uh so i was teaching some stuff and and one of the guys one of the owners executives raised his hand and he said uh he said i got a question he said what what you were just talking about, you're saying you, you want me to, to go back to my team and tell them my weaknesses. Basically, what you're asking us to do, I'm going to reveal my weaknesses. He said, he said, isn't that going to make it harder to lead my team if they know my weakness? And I said, I said, sir, if, if you believe that, you have a false assumption. And he kind of looked at me and he said, what do you mean I have a false assumption? I said, you assume they don't already know your weakness. You assume if you tell them your weakness, you're telling me it's going to make it harder to lead them because they know your weakness. And I'm saying they already know your weakness. And so I asked the whole room, and anybody listening today to your podcast, same question I asked them. If you've ever reported to someone, can you tell me their weakness? I, I said, when I asked the, the audience this, because I know I could tell you. I could tell you the weakness of everybody I've ever reported to. I remember every person who was ever my boss, and I can remember every single thing that, that was a weakness relative to their character. And when I really talk to people, so can they. Everybody knows that. And we don't always know, even like a lot of times I'll say, last time you talked to your boss, some people don't see their boss too often. Some people see them, you know, all throughout the day. But regardless of how long it's been, even if there's been a gap in there, I'll say, if, you may not remember what they said, 
but you know how they made you feel. And however they made you feel is a direct link to their character. And so when, 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 when we understand that, we share our weaknesses. Because what I told that leader, I said, when you go back and tell them your weaknesses, they already know it. That ain't even why I'm asking you to go tell them your weakness. They already know it. If that's what I was worried about, I wouldn't even said what I just said, right? So what I said was, well, the reason I said that, sir, was they already know your weaknesses. What they don't know is, do you know your weaknesses? That's one thing. When you go back and you tell them you know, that's going to create trust. It's going to create a foundation. But it's not going to sustain the trust. Because they're going to say, oh, okay, he knows his weaknesses. What they want to know is, do you know your weaknesses? And then do you care about improving them? So if you go back with humility and say, these are my weaknesses, X, Y, Z. I went to some session and some crazy American guy said some stuff. And I want to come back and tell you that I am aware of these weaknesses. I know you already know it. And when you say that, they'll laugh because they already know it. You already know my weaknesses. And I, now that I'm aware of them, I'm familiar with them. And I want to get better. And as soon as you say I want to get better, now's your opportunity. You're either going to create trust by actually making an effort to get better. Or you're going to create distrust. And I really should say, I usually use the word build trust. We build trust or we create distrust. So when I say I want to get better, I got to do it. If I do it, I'm going to build trust. If I say I want to get better and I I don't do it, I'm going to create distrust. And trust is the foundation of influence. And so authentic influence. And so that's why it's so important to work on our character. Because if we want to be a high-impact leader, the whole goal is to build trust so that we can grow our our, our authentic influence. Because as soon as you're given a position of authority, it, that comes with a certain amount of artificial influence. People follow because they have to, and they're going to do certain things because they have to. And and it doesn't matter what person is given that title. They're going to get the same exact artificial influence. But authentic influence, that's based on your character. And research studies basically show there's about a 40% difference between somebody following someone because they have to versus following somebody because they want to. That 40% is going, how much of that you get is going to depend on your character. Otherwise, everybody's playing with the same same hand. They got the same thing, that artificial influence. That's great. I, I like you uh, discussing about building trust. And of course, you know, the name of this co- podcast is Build Your Success and and, and the name of my business is Build Consulting. The reason I did that in our industry, and I'm sure from the Blue Collar Workforce you heard this thing, I'm going to tear them up one side and down the other. <laughs> yep. And, and I got to the point, I'm like, let's quit tearing people down and start building them up. You know, because yep. who wants the person working for you to be tore up one side and down the other? Are they going to represent you well when they're tore up one mm-hmm. side and down the other? They're, they're not. They're going to go out and be mad, disgruntled. They're going to go out and, and, and make mistakes or, you know, do something to, to get it even with you. That's not what we want out representing us. So I'd, I'd much rather build someone up than tear them down. So, hey, in your book, uh, chapter 16 says, Character trumps competency. And you got a great quote here. You say, you can't climb to the top of the mountain with base camp character. And that looks like that's a backstory quote. So if you will, uh, just tell us more about that. That's good stuff. Yeah, I always tell people, because, because when, you, when you get into personal transformation, you – you start working on your your character. That that's not easy. That's hard. You know, a lot of people call this the kind of stuff I write about and you talk about and I talk about all this 
they call it soft skills. But I'm going to tell you, Brian, they, they ain't nothing soft about changing your character. That, that's hard. You go try to change who you are. I mean, not, not really transform. Changing, you know, is kind of, I'd say sometimes temporary. When you truly transform, it's not temporary. It's mostly permanent. And so when I say you can't climb to the top of the mountain with base camp character, there's a lot of people. I'll talk about Chick-fil-A a lot in my new book, Blue Collar Leadership and Culture. I, I talk about Chick-fil-A and my relationship with them and, and my relationship with the former president, uh, Jimmy Collins. And what I talk about though is what I'm trying to help people do is like become the, if you're familiar with Chick-fil-A and you're listening, my mission is to try to help people become the Chick-fil-A of their industry. And a lot of people, you know, when you see Chick-fil-A and there's cars wrapped around the building and there's people coming in and out like crazy and there's two or three other fast food restaurants right next to it and they're basically parking lots empty. Those companies, whoever they are, they're not bad people. They have billions of dollars to buy the greatest equipment to be sitting right next door to Chick-fil-A, meaning they got the money to to get in a a great spot, spot. A, a top location for marketing and selling. They may be, they may be in an intersection and there's four fast food joints around there and one of them's Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A is always going to be wide open and you, you can't buy character. You can't get to the, what I'm saying, you can't get to the top of the Chick-fil-A type mountain without base camp character because you got to have the foundation to go build that business and see, that's why you don't see everyone doing this stuff. Even when I, I tell all my clients, if you if you go full speed ahead with this stuff, nobody's going to be able to catch up. Even if you go tell everybody what you're doing, like Chick-fil-A tells everybody what they're doing. Bob Chapman, Barry Waymiller, they're, they're actually my best example I know of the kind of stuff that I teach. A CEO, you know, at CEO level in a $3 billion company, 13,000 employees, 200 worldwide locations, manufacturing, and, and they do, in, in my... Based on what I know, they do a better job than Chick-fil-A. They just, everybody doesn't see them out on the street corner, so most people don't know about them. But they tell the best companies, they go tell everybody what they do relative to people development, character develop, development. And, and they don't have to be threatened because they already know most people, first thing is most people are not going to do it because they don't have base camp character. They got some other kind of character, so they can't even start climbing the mountain. But what they know is, even if they did it, even if they did every single thing that, that say Chick-fil-A, let's use them as the example. If everybody started doing what Chick-fil-A is doing, literally, Chick-fil-A has been doing it 50 years to get where they're at. No one's going to start today and tomorrow they're going to be where Chick-fil-A is at. They're going to have to start and they're going to have to sustain it and maintain it. And they're going to have to do it year after year after year. And 50 years from now. They might be doing as good as Chick-fil-A is today, but guess what? 50 years from now, Chick-fil-A's got another 50-year head start on them. So there's no – and I'll tell you this too, Brian. People who value this, they're not threatened. They have an abundance mindset. That's the kind of character I'm talking about. They they want everybody to do well relative to this. If if everybody does well, everybody wins. Just like you said, I helped you. I don't see you as competition. You want to do the same thing I'm doing. I think there needs to be a billion people doing what me and you are doing. So I'm not threatened by anybody doing this. I want people to do it. We we coach and train, mentor, not not very much because it's not our lane. But we help people to get in the business that we're in. We tell them exactly how we did it. So that's another example, you know, between me and you doing it. 
I can vouch for that. I, I, I just be honest with the listeners. I spent eighteen dollars with you on a book, and I've gotten thousands <laughs> of dollars worth of advice and coaching and training. And, and your character, you're in it, man. You're in it to win it. Your uh, your character shines when you when you help people. And I uh, just I'm, I'm thankful to have you as a friend. Listen, uh, we're we're running uh, about twenty three minutes. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I've taken about a page of notes here. Hopefully the listeners have got a pen and paper, and they've been taking notes too. But Four takeaways that, I, that I've kind of highlighted here. Number one, character is personal, but it isn't private. That's great. Character Number two, character development equals leadership development. And leadership development equals character development. It, it's an equal thing. Number three, no one else can change your character. It's up to you. It's your responsibility. And, and again, it's a choice, you know. We talked about attitude on one of our other podcasts, and that's a choice. We talked about being happy and having an attitude of gratitude. That's a choice. There's starting to be a theme here. You can choose what makes you successful. Character's one of those things. And then this last thing I highlighted here, you have to change your values to change your culture. Great stuff, Mac. Uh, I know you could go on for hours with this stuff because we've done it, but we're going to wrap this thing up. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Uh, the best thing to do is just go to bluecollarleadership.com and, you know, dive, dive into the content there. But across the top of there, my, my cell, my cell phone number is there. I'll say it right now. 334-728-4143. Sometimes people say, man, you put your cell phone out in, in your books or you put it on, on your website and you put it everywhere. Why, why you do that? It's like, well, if somebody needs my help, I want them to be able to get to me. That makes a lot of sense from, from my, my world, but. BlueCollarLeadership.com, and I'd say also, Brian, anyone listening, they can they can type in BlueCollarLeadership.com forward slash and the word download, and they actually can read the first five chapters of all five of my Blue Collar Leadership books and about five chapters worth of content from three other books. And I have the Blue Collar Leadership uh, podcast as well, like you mentioned. I mentioned uh, got you doing it too, so. Anybody wants to find me, though, bluecollarleadership.com is a place to go, and there's a contact form and that sort of stuff. Lots of free stuff. Actually, LinkedIn, if anyone's a LinkedIn listener, I've got, I don't know, maybe almost 300 uh, articles out there. So i got tons of content and a YouTube channel. Lots of stuff free. People don't have to spend their money these days if they don't want to. I know you're putting out free stuff. I'm putting out free stuff. And then if they really want to just dive into it, get the book and then turn the page and highlight, study it like a like a manual, like a tool, not just like a book. Well, I can vouch for you. You answer the phone. You're ready to pour into people that want to listen and take action. And so it's been great to have you again on the podcast. Thanks for all you're doing for our industry and for the blue collars. That, you know, that's where my heart's at too. So just glad to know you. Listen, it was great to have you on the Build Your Success podcast today. I thank you, my fellow builders. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.